0: Off the ball With Betdaq.com Now with enhanced specials on a wide range of markets Available on your mobile or on desktop Alright we're just keeping everybody uh, on their toes there literally uh, Brian O'Driscoll good evening to you Good evening Making you switch
1: seats at the very last second Feel, um, I feel important over here <laughs> it's, it's a much better seat isn't Don't it Don't feel less important over there Dave
2: well, I feel a lot less important because I was the one who kicked out of my seat. But anyway, look, I won't <laughs> hold it against you.
0: Uh, also, this is Fergus McFadden. Fergus, how you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. You should be uh, preparing for
3: the opening weekend of the Champions Cup. Instead, you're talking nonsense to us. Yeah, it's uh, not a great substitute, but yeah, I I, I tore my quad quite badly um, against Cardiff in the last game I played, so I'm going to be out for quite a while now, so uh, it's pretty disappointing. When was that? So it's just a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago against Cardiff away, so... Um, yeah, the level of the injury isn't ideal because um, it's quite an unusual one, and an unusual muscle to tear that badly as well. So it'll probably be after Christmas. I'll be looking at. So it's a long time. Not gonna lie, don't know where your quad
2: is. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's in your leg. Opposite, like, opposite you your hamstring. Squats. You know your hamstring, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, the other the one,
1: the one that works in in collaboration with with that.
0: It's the one that looks kind of weird at the front. Yeah, yeah, the whole <laughs> lot. <laughs> well, it's actually
1: there's a couple of different components to your quad, but. Um, yeah, it's a bad. I never did one, but they they can be tricky to fix. As yeah, you know, as it certainly sounds. Yeah,
3: so just need to try and get it right. It's it's as you said, you don't know what the quad is, but it's it's a small muscle in the quad called the rectus femoris. So um, yeah, it's an unusual one to um, to tear, but it's 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 one that's used a lot for kicking and sprinting. So yeah. uh, pretty relevant for me in the back three and explosive. Too. Yeah, yeah, kind of explosive movements, <laughs> jumping, sprinting. So how do they fix it? Do you get surgery? Uh, They talked about getting surgery, but they've decided uh, against that. So um, it'll just be rehab, basically rehabilitation for a couple of months and just erring on the side of caution because you don't want to do it again, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Are you a a good... Uh, person that doing rehab and being
3: kind of not involved in your day job. At this point, I'm I'm absolutely shocking because I've just been told to recover for ten days, so I'm pulling my hair a small bit. But um, I want to get back into. I'll be okay. Uh, you know, I'm the type of person like any player, Brian. I'm sure I'll tell you as well that w- when you're in it, you want to be playing every week. You want to be doing every training session. So when you you've got to. Um, a period where you're going to be out for quite a while. There's nothing worse, but um, listen, get back on the horse and I'll come back stronger. There's obviously
2: no good time to pick up a serious injury, but at this time of the year, is it a little easier to take, given that you know, all being well, you'll be back for the business end of the season. You don't want to tear your quad in February and uh, miss out on a Pro 12 final or a Champions Cup final.
3: I was thinking that coming in here, and (laughs) listen, there's no good time for it, but part of me was thinking... It kind of couldn't have been at a worse time, in a way, because just before Munster, just before the first Europeans, uh, just before like the shop window opens for Joe Schmidt to look at players before November, um, and yeah, fair enough. I, I agree with you that at least it's not the the business end of the season where we're, we're fighting for trophies. So I'm just hoping
1: to be back in the mix mm. before that. Um,
0: do you remember his Ireland debut? Yeah, we we were thinking yeah. about this a little bit earlier on.
1: I, I remember denying him a try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that what did I get in there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I would have scored the first d- Devon Toner, <laughs> but it was the fact that the passes are in five meters over my head. We were just, just looking up you know, soft. You, you listen, ease you into it. You don't want to lose your head too early, you know, yeah. on the score sheet. <laughs> so um, think, you're, think you're all that. To paint the mm. picture here,
0: we're we're playing awful uh,
1: against Italy, Italy. Italy. And Rome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. over there.
2: This misplaced pass could have cost us, say. A victory in Rome—that's yeah. how serious it was. There's yeah. some
1: people in the uh, in in the crowd that were lucky to get away with their lives. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, a think an old woman the actually <laughs> suffered concussion. <laughs> like <off the> back <laughs> row, row two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: people might remember it's the game that O'Gara comes off the bench and kicks a drop goal and is like, "Screw you." Was it you, that and game? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was that I close. Didn't, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: that was early on, and you know, again, it changes the the context of the game if you get an early score against them over there. Just settles you, and but no.
3: Yeah it turned into a bit of a dog but thankfully Raj came on and knocked it over anyway so I got one the following got to try the following week so I won't hold it again. <laughs> I have you. a hand in that? <laughs>
1: Could Pro- have had a pick and go not. in there somewhere Pro- before. I actually went
3: over for a pick and go.
1: Beautiful, so. <laughs> you, you had Dutiful the try. For the pick and go. That was the thing. We used to we used to fight one another in there. And you got to like six inches out. you, you yeah. could guarantee there was fourteen and thirteen <laughs> <laughs> heads, sniffing out an easy one, holding the width nice.
2: Do yes. you say it to him afterwards, or does he apologize, or well, what way does that work in the dressing room, or immediately after? You're making the your debut.
0: You're like, hang on a second here.
3: Well, actually, the first cap generally has to do something at the dinner afterwards with the Italians uh, Drico went up and you know he said this and that thanks to you know the, the people for, the referees for officiating thanks to the Italian Rugby Union uh, all the rest and at the end he was nice enough to go oh we have a first cap today for example so we'd like him to come up and uh, say a few words which he told me nothing about <laughs> but um, <laughs> before he did that he said I'd just like to say sorry for uh, for denying him his, his first uh, test try so yeah he did he did acknowledge it of course uh, how are you getting on
0: at the moment anyway because uh, this is a period of your career where you, you we were talking the, the shop window where you want to be playing and you feel like you should actually be first choice yeah
3: um, I mean in, in terms of the injury it's it's a tough place to be obviously you know it's not ideal but um, you know staring down the barrel at whatever it is two months over two months uh, on the sidelines isn't ideal but uh, in terms of my career it's just about kind of getting back in there for the start of January and it, it could kind of rule out uh, things going well in the Six Nations who knows but uh, just getting back for Leinster is the key I suppose for and me h- at the moment
0: How were you feeling just before the injury? Like, cause this is a big season for you after what happened at the World Cup when you were so close to making the squad this is a mm. chance for you just to remind everybody hang on a second I should be in this team
3: Yeah well I was actually just saying to Dricko before I came in because we hadn't caught up in a while that you know, aside from the quad injury the most frustrating thing about it is that my body's Feeling great, it's probably felt the best it's felt in a couple of seasons. So, to pick up this quad tear is it's it's incredibly disappointing and frustrating. But um, you know, I just just try and stay positive, I suppose.
1: Ferg was always the person that came back. You know, didn't have to do a huge amount of pre-season and came back and ripped it up in, in all the testing all the fitness testing all the strength testing I can only imagine the conditioning came back because I heard you were doing uh, you were in, in Thailand doing some kickboxing went on a course for during your holidays so um, I, I can only imagine you're looking in great shape and I can only add to the frustration when, you're, when you are feeling physically in the, in top condition you've, you've worked really hard to then get stu- struck down by these injuries I, th- I suppose it's all about just not losing your head and, and maintaining focus For when you do get back,
3: yeah, of course, of course, yeah. And I I was um, a lot stricter on myself in the off season this year, um, just doing a bit of training. And yeah, I did a a, like kind of like a week's um, camp of uh, like Muay Thai kickboxing in Thailand. Don't mess with me, don't say anything, uh, (laughs) annoying. But uh, yeah, that was that was a cool experience over there, um, and just good to keep in shape. Sometimes you see in the off season. You, know, you get given programs f- from the lads to keep going but they're generally ones you've been doing all year or yeah. running sessions on your own so it's nice to have something that's a little bit different because uh, you know if you're doing the same stuff all year round just to keep it fresh I suppose
0: how how do you end up on a kick, Muay Thai kickboxing course Like, how do you pick it are you into martial arts already uh, no I'm not I, well, I would
3: watch a, a bit of it like but I'm, I'm, no, yeah. I'm certainly no Conor McGregor Um I just over there, the the gyms and stuff weren't great, so uh, we're staying on 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 one island for over a week, and I was like, it could be a great thing to do, so I did it one on one with the guy. Nothing too like, there was no fighting so, like, at no, like, all. Yeah. No, 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 just like, kind of like, a, almost like an a super intense boxing fitness session that you would have done, Drako, as
1: mm. well. Um, you still do some stuff like that, don't you? Small bit, badly, badly. <laughs> not. Yeah. I, I can't get to that that pain barrier anymore. This could that, be a bit of a bad that's at that's stage. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. And I've seen. Uh, we've 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 had our own tussles, and I'm, I'm going I'm to leave it. No, no, no. Out of the pitch, once oh, or twice. Yeah, yeah. 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 When, when the red mist has descended. The, the two, the pair of you. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had one or two. Um, when moments. Training pitch. Day. Not that long ago, six Not weeks ago. ago, I think we yeah. were both we were both pretty fi- you know, fiery uh, characters during. Um, this usually happens during preseason and during fitness sessions when you're exhausted, and then someone you know blocks someone, or you know, then you warn one another, and then I, I actually it was sort of a cheap shot. I, I threw it Ferg that I, I, I warned him, and then still threw the dig without yeah. actually giving him an option. And there's, to only to move one, away. there's only one dig involved. Yeah. So anyway, this is
2: preseason, and you're throwing punches at your fellow leinster colleagues
1: yeah yeah but that's you know i think it's it's for me that's a little bit of the ambition too as well that you you know you if you're willing to throw a dig at your own teammates you know you'll be willing to get stuck into the opposition i'm i'm not all for for fighting but i think it shows the desire within the individual i think that's why you talk you see a lot of players talking about the routes and the confrontations that happen at training and how they see them often in a positive light mm. because it means that you are you know you wanted an awful lot you, you wouldn't fight someone if you didn't really want to get better and improve or you didn't feel as though you had you know a reason to 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 get your frustrations across
0: so that came up obviously this week with the extracts from Paul Connell's book where he talked about being in a, a row in 2007 with one of the Ulster lads who I think yeah. gets knocked out yeah and uh I don't know if this is in the book, but one of the things was that nobody really felt like everything was going very well because none of the Ulster lads immediately jumped in and punched the head off Paul O'Connell. There was a sense of like he was allowed to get away with it.
1: I I was in that ruck and so I saw it quite well and Coldy was lying all over a ruck ball and he was probably probably told to go and and kill ball but um, I remember it was just one ruck too many and Paulie just hit him with a pretty clean shot and he he got very unlucky with it because it was so clean but yeah, (laughs) it just shows how um how, how dangerous it can be
0: and afterwards is there silence and yeah as opposed to people yeah, but you, it, in and going well
1: gone. no it was a bit yeah there was a bit of a you know a pull away but then sometimes when someone doesn't react in any capacity there's an, an immediate step away and go whoa and just to see what what tra- what then transpires yeah. um and then he you know wasn't really moving and i think you know he, he ended up choking a little bit on some of the blood i, I don't want to you know, put words in Paulie's book. I, I don't know no, the, the exact exactly what happened, but I, I remember the aftermath and, and Eddie O'Sullivan taking us away. And you know, we tried to continue the game, and all I could see was Paulie was standing out in the wing, looking over to see what was going on, as Ryan was you know, relatively motionless or was you know was needing aid. So Paulie was gone. I've never seen him so shook looking.
0: Yeah, not ideal preparation for a world cup. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: You know, it's the no, wonder it went so well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Assuming the guy
2: on the receiving end of the first punch isn't knocked out, so say in this case you, um, do you throw one back at him? At what stage do you, the rest of the guys come in and break it up? Or is it just left as a one-on-one and you sort it out yourselves and it'll end no, how fight, it ends? Fight,
3: fight. Yeah, well, the situation we had was... Um, The the game was getting pretty feisty, and guys are particularly tired. And it's generally when things happen like that in training when guys are wrecked. And you know the level of competition is really high as well, even in those small games. You know it's important Mm. to have that. But um, I think I blocked Brino, and we went on a bit of a run scoring afterwards. And he just kind of said, "If you if you do that again, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you dig." And of course, I I didn't learn my lesson. I did it again, and. he just we, we squared up to each other and it, he he threw one and I kind of threw a couple of handbags back and um, then we got pulled away and I had a, like a small gash around my eye but I mean listen that's that's just I training was, ground yeah stuff for it me. was
1: I, I was sent off you know, I got yellow carded and had to do a lap which was like a lap that was even that was just like punishment it's like I'm exhausted already <laughs> another lap you're looking for me to do but but then you start feeling bad and I, you know I saw a little bit of blood and you're thinking oh god. You know that's unnecessary when you can't. When the heart rate comes down and you realize, you know, yeah. there's a teammate, and then you know Ferg's gone off to to get it s- stitched up, and yeah. then I'm, I'm frantically trying to get a hold of him on the phone, and, and he, you know your your uh, mind starts um, playing games with you, thinking oh, he's, he's he's avoiding me, but he's actually going in and getting stitched. He just mm. doesn't have his phone; it's in his car. You know, so. No, he was avoiding you. Oh, listen, I think these things with with players
3: um, and teammates can bring them closer together as well you know there's never a part of me that once I calmed down and I got my stitches I was never going to go oh, you know I'm going to get fired yeah. up with on air for yeah. a couple of weeks or get him back it just happens you know what I mean and it's good to have that it's good to have that bite in training you know it, it is
0: it, it strikes me as well that obviously you do a very tight camp and the story doesn't break you know like if this is the Man City team when Balotelli is there there's like a million cameras and everybody got their phones like oh look at these guys which is maybe you take that for granted because you've got a, a good environment but maybe you shouldn't take it for granted either like, it is a good sign that things are, are
1: going well yeah it is I, I listen there's others there's other incidents as well where people have arguments the whole time and, and in, a, in a lot of cases you know at the end of a session you know we'll come together in a huddle and then you know you'll be told to kiss and make up Yeah, <laughs> and just to try and break you know that awkwardness or if there is any tension between the two players but no I'm, I'm you know i don't i'm not an advocate for that sort of thing happening the whole time but every so often i think it just does show yeah. the the ambition of the people involved and i don't think coaches shy away from either i remember i don't remember joe um looking and and you know feeling this is a real negative I have had I had I d I didn't Pretty I sure said, he jumped I in between back. but was that?
3: I'm pretty sure he jumped in between at the time almost as the ref but
1: that was probably why I didn't get a shot because <laughs> the guy if you throw threw one at J S you'd know all about it. But um I had a I had a, a bit of a fraco with, with Shane Horgan um, in Joe's first year as well In the same exact same situation. Exhausted he blocked me a couple of times and we went at it. And then we went out to our respective wings as the game went on and I kind of glanced over to him. He looked at me and we broke out laughing. But for me and and what he said to me afterwards, he said, the great message there is that if two friends are willing to go at it, um, you know what? You know, in front of the, the young lads, what are they going to be doing to the opposition? And, yeah. and I thought that was actually a real positive. Particularly, it's put friendships to one side. You have a row, and then you pick them back up as soon as the session's finished.
0: Yeah. The other thing is that it maybe also prevents some simmering stuff from lasting for a couple of weeks. Because if you do punch each other, then it's out. And it's clear within any teams that there are going to be cliques and there are going to be people who don't get on and don't speak, but who still do have to have a professional relationship, and that's difficult
3: for everybody.
1: Yeah. Um. Eric, yeah,
3: I, I I'm not. I think that was a good. You know, when you're talking about n- not necessarily cliques, but really really good friends. You know, Dricko and Brian. When I first broke into the team, they were clearly pretty much best friends. You know, on the field, off the field, and when you do see something like that, it's, um, it, it's. I wouldn't say it 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 lifts the team, but it kind of just summarizes that. At the, the edge that is brought to training and, and how much both guys want to win, you know yeah. even if it 's in, in front of the the guys that are just from the squad play, uh, training and, and uh, in the, on the training field as opposed to like in, in front of a, a packed of and they still just want to win it's just you know, on that front it's, uh, it's something you want to see from players yeah I,
1: because I think you, can, you you see the desire on a Saturday afternoon. It's just people don't see what goes on at training, all the effort that goes into it. And then if you're showing it there, it's going to be easy to implement that when you've got a jersey on yeah. and you've got, you know, thirty, forty thousand people cheering you on. That's easy. So if you can if you can contain it to a certain degree of training and then implement that come game day, you're in great shape. Yeah, you can't just fake it at the weekend because you haven't
0: been doing it during the week. Um, when Johnny Saxon was on last year he talked about the culture now not being the same as it was. Uh, when Brian was there before he left the first time is that the kind of stuff that
3: maybe he was talking about a little bit um, I don't know <laughs> I don't know I think there's still a little bit of it uh, maybe it doesn't get to the level of that where someone gets split open and certainly not I've never seen anything particularly not in the last couple of years where um, someone has almost been choking on their own blood or knocked out like like Ryan Caldwell so um, maybe it has changed on that front but there's still edge in training and um, Johnny would be the first to say himself he's one of the people bringing it. But yeah. the reason he's bringing it is because he desperately wants to win and he's willing to put those relationships aside, whether it's training or playing, to get the best out of himself and best out of everyone around him.
1: I think what Johnny was talking about was more a slip in standards rather than that edge of training. Maybe it was a combination of the two, but I just felt he, he thought that you know where wanting to be the best they you know, the uh, an element of a comfort zone had maybe just crept in a small bit and needed to start challenging people a little bit more and he was I think he said it as a, you know, as a catalyst to, to to go about developing that. Yeah.
2: Is, is there a need to ensure it's not the same guy that's <clears throat> the shouter, the moaner, the, the same guy that's questioning the culture, that's talking about slipping and standards? Because again, when Paulie was talking to Joe earlier in the week, he can recall the time that he was sort of raging against the slippage in Munster after all these great names had stepped away and they were routinely contesting county Cup finals. And he would bring that home with him at night thinking again, it was me today that was like laying into maybe a more inexperienced member of the squad and am I coming across as a guy just that's intolerant, that's not able to maybe understand better some of the guys that are around me and maybe that's a, a box that Johnny would be wary of falling into.
3: Yeah, I I think I saw the bits and bobs from what, for instance, say Paulie said in that interview and one thing he did say was about barking at, you know, in the last few years, the last few years of his career in, in Munster was that, you know, um, looking back is is often something you do with rose tinted glasses on particularly when there's a when there's a bit of a successful period and as much as i think we we really got things right in the squad i was involved in the squad I play playing the final there or anything but in 2009 for instance when we won the Heineken cup for the first time you could look back and go oh, our standards were amazing and find the culture was going in the right place but these days the standards are much better so yeah, you know are. And they are you know yeah. they're they're better as, like the group of, of guys as a whole are better professionals and and the margins have closed so um i'm sure it's just something for the likes of apolly in that situation when things aren't going right you start to pick on small things you know success can often be the biggest bear on where the standards are at and um i mean that's that's a good example for me anyway i think a couple of
0: quick texts. Did Fergus appreciate Brian's ambition when Draco's ambition landed on his chin? asked Ryan. <laughs> Tell Fergus and Draco to come down to Dublin Tie Boxing for a session anytime, free of charge. <laughs> says Darren from Dublin Tie Boxing, who's just got a, a nice plug. Uh, Draco does a bit of amateur boxing too, right? Just ask Austin Healy. Says Les. Uh, when you said you were doing, you do boxing,
1: still do? No, I, I like I try. And one of the one of the um, Leinster Academy coaches um, <clears throat> does a bit of. One-on-one stuff with me. It, it was it was weekly for a while. It's become kind of more monthly recently. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I wanted to do some form of fitness where I might enjoy it. I always enjoyed boxing sessions. I always found them difficult. So um, yeah, I go down the end of my road every you know every so f- every few weeks on a Saturday morning, and we do some boxing and do some running. And, and does he punch you in the head? Yeah, I got some shots. Yeah. yeah, I got a I got a stinger there a few a couple of months ago. It was the first time that I felt that. You know, tasting your fillings. Yeah, and I had my gum shield in, and uh, I wanted I didn't. I didn't. It's <laughs> like, well, and it was it was nice to feel alive again. But then a little bit of me too was like, I don't know if I've missed this feeling too. <laughs> I couldn't actually quite decipher you whether you it was good or bad. When
2: you last took a punch, so it was that recent
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I think you know, I, I'd caught him with a, a shot, and he was he only <laughs> throws half punches at me. But I'm you know I'm not going full bore, but I'm trying to trying to land something. But then I, I did clip him with one. I got a bit a, a bit aggressive, and then I think this I walked into one of his, <laughs> and I had to, I took a knee. It, was, it was, yeah, it was. It was enough to, to to shake me anyway. But it was good. It, it did. It felt it felt me. Made me feel was alive. alive again. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I'm alive. No more, no more punches to head please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll talk about the uh, weekend's Champions Cup games right after these.
2: Off the ball with Betdaq.com
0: for great exchange back and lay prices on every sporting event. Okay, it's uh, Friday night. Brian O'Driscoll is with us. We also have Fergus McFadden with us. Let's talk about this Leinster uh, Cast game. Brian, how much of a how difficult will it be for Joey Carberry to start this game and uh, at the same time there's also a kind of element of this could be our future in
1: a couple of years time too so there's a bit of excitement Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be difficult from the point of view that it's his first big game um, big European game um, but if you were to pick games for him to start at home cast first game um, he's you know, played very well when he has been called upon for Leinster this season he's with a new three-quarter line in in Gary Ringrose and and Henshaw but they looked very exciting last last week so yeah. Yeah, I, I, you'd like to think that the rest of the side will look after him um tomorrow and make sure um you know he's he's you know given the ball on a platter um you know they help him out with the decisions I, i'd be interested to see i don't know if Ferg knows this whether he's asked um to to perform the kicking duties or whether Issa will will take there it's just one one less responsibility, you know, one less thing off his mind. So, yeah. he, he looks like he's bundled loads of confidence, and you know, he doesn't. He, he has these. Ferg was saying earlier on. He has you know the the feet of a of a back three player, and and it looks it, and he doesn't. His default isn't to go and break himself. He he can he sees his options. But he more often than not when he goes and has a break himself, he makes a half yeah, half yard at least or makes a half break. Yeah. I think that's a sign of a really good player. He he doesn't overplay it himself.
0: If you're an out half, do you want to kick so you've got the confidence of I nailed that kick
3: or oh,
1: listen, you you're you talking to the world's worst kicking out <laughs> half here, so um I, I I hated doing it. Do you like do you like kicking, Ferg?
3: Yeah, I do like kicking, yeah. Um I think Joey I was due to kick in the game against Glasgow around a month ago. Um and actually strained my quad for the first time okay. uh, ju- ju- the day before that. So I didn't play in the game and Joey kicked and he actually kicked really well. But as Dricko said, at that age, you know, it is a nice responsibility. They want the responsibility. I'm sure Joey wants it, but it's a nice um, thing maybe not to have so he just concentrates on his game management and actually sending the, the um, team around the field in the right areas and, and not necessarily having to worry about knocking over the, the threes. I think Issa uh, will probably kick tomorrow. So um, that would be my uh, view on it I think On the depth charts
0: kind of at the end of last season people would have said maybe he was fourth or fifth and then suddenly in the summertime it's like hang on this guy has a real chance to get game time and then it's actually no he's
3: going to start whenever Sexton isn't around that transformation happened really quickly Yeah I think um, sometimes when there's players in the academy and they haven't really been given many chances to do much where they can actually actually impress they can often be put into that category of fourth or fifth but um, you know with the fact that uh, ian madigan went over to bordeaux and it, it did open an opportunity there um he just grabbed it with both hands his pre-season was really strong uh, he played in a few of those warm up games and played really well and just fought his way into um probably the you know the the number 2 slot for, for um the out half jersey this year and uh, you know i'm really excited for him he's a really nice young fella and um you know i think he'll go really well tomorrow yeah, that
0: uh Henshaw Ringrose partnership is very exciting.
1: Incredibly exciting. Yeah. I did I didn't see the Munster Game live, so I watched it back a couple of times during the week and um yeah, I-, I think they've you know, defensively they'll get considerably better. I thought they played a bit too tight to one another. It probably wasn't that element of understanding or maybe the communication that you'd expect from uh from players that have played alongside one another a, a lot. Um and Gary I think probably plays a bit tighter I, I think all early uh, outside centres, young outside centres, do play a bit tighter because they back their their, their pace to get it themselves on the outside um, to get out of trouble. Um, but just looking at Robbie's performance in the first half uh, or in the in, in the whole game, you know what an engine he has on yeah. him. Even making, I you know, saw so Gordon Darcy made reference to it. You know that kick and chase for uh, Gibson Parks' try. You know it was a, it was a great kick the accuracy of it but still having the energy to go and chase it down and put pressure on and, and, and cough up the error so yeah I think it's he's going to be a brilliant signing for Leinster and, and we're going to see you know the future in, in, in three of them in, in Joey and, and the two boys and, and when Johnny comes back that partnership is going to be really ex- exciting for Leinster and, and potentially for Ireland as well
2: It's kind of incredible that he's the most experienced player in that it's midfield Absolutely. and I mean if you can go back to maybe 2009 when Felipe picked up the injury and you knew, you knew you were going to be starting yourself and Gordon starting Outside uh, a really callow Johnny Sexton in that hunting Cup final, how important is it that the guys around Joey Carberry tomorrow can I, can they nur- are they in a position to nurse them through the first quarter of the game, particularly against a cast defence? That I mean, that's what they're bringing tomorrow. Their defence is probably the part of their A game when they're coming here tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I think I think that is where, and, and it might only be Robbie's second game for Leinster, but he's he's become a senior player within the Irish setup, and he has to become a senior player within the Leinster setup tomorrow. Um, Gary is a relatively quiet guy he's still young he's a lot less experienced so I think Robbie has to be the eyes and ears for Joey tomorrow Um, just give him some options take the pressure off him um, if in doubt just call it and, and for him to truck it up himself his ability to get over the gain line is exceptional um, so I, I absolutely think he should he should be helped mm-hmm. out in, in a, in a <clears> huge capacity he Eisa, doesn't really have a
2: nine either I mean Johnny had Chris Whittaker inside him I mean the old head the guy who's able to bring a, him through all the plays and maybe take control himself where Luke McGrath almost equally as inexperienced
1: yeah, it's a very very young nine, 10, you know, 12, 13 but then you, you, you'd expect um, the likes of Issa to come in and, and you know, particularly in breaks and play just you know, lots of of encouragement and mm-hmm. um, giving options, even though he can't call a huge amount of plays himself, you know, where possible, he might get in and just, you know, a, a, even a little whisper in an ear before a line out or a scrum. You know, these are your couple of options. Players now know, you know, that more often than not, teams will have a play sheet and they'll they'll, they'll strip it right down. and You'll know, um, you know if it's a, a midfield or if, if it's a left hand scrum between the halfway and the 22, you'll know that you have two scrums that you've practiced two scrum plays you practice during the week so it's one, one or other and so that could be the 10 calling it or it could be Isa or it could be Robbie it doesn't really matter but it's not a case of picking from you know a schedule of, of, a eight, of or 8 or 9 no it's not it's an far entire from playbook to choose from so you know, less is more definitely in that case and how many of those scrums are you going to get definitely more than two mm. it's unlikely so that's why before in years gone by we used to have crazy playbooks now it's, it's whittled right down to uh, a manage, manageable uh, amount
3: yeah what do you think is going to happen with choice yeah I think the axis you know, as you guys have, have, have mentioned there the axis between 9 and 10 it, it, it is young but I, I I actually think that Luke has, has picked up a fair bit of experience the last few years, or maybe not at European level, but I think um, him and Joey have been going really strongly together. And then you know with Robbie outside him, I don't know how many caps Robbie has now for Ireland, but um, he feels like he's been. It feels like he's been the Irish setup for so long. Yeah. And um, you know what summed up what sums up his level of talent. I think was uh, coming off the back of I think it was a three-month, two-month injury uh, from that knee injury picked up against South Africa, and to put in that sort of a performance in. Uh, w- one of the toughest games in the the Pro 12 uh, season against Munster at home was it. It just kind of sums them up. So I think it'll be great for Joy to have Robbie outside him, and um, you know I picture him going really well. Hopefully,
1: I think as well, George, Luke um, Luke has been captain already this season. So I, I don't know. You know, since a lot can happen in two years, has he developed into a? Um, you know, a bigger talker on the training pitch is he? Is he has he become one of the leaders within the setup? Well, I think Luke was always um, a
3: captain coming up through the ages, and I think obviously there's that younger dynamic within the squad. So at the start of the year, um, it was great for him to, to captain the side as there was a lot of younger heads. So yeah, he does have um, he's got a, a great head in his shoulders for his age, and I think he's probably a leader in, in the years to come. You guys have all become old really, <laughs> really quickly in the squad. Yeah, I know. It is it is actually mad to think it. Um, I turned 30 in June. Not that I feel old or, you know, playing-wise or anything like that, but you look around the change room and, um, you know, even guys leaving last year, you know, Kevin Glocken through injury, Owen Redden um, through retirement, Luke Fitzgerald through injury as well. And then the past few seasons between Dricko and others, you know, you do look around and go, Jesus, there's some... <laughs> some. I feel like a bit of an older one here. So um, it's gas because I, I, I still feel bloody... 20 years of age, but um, it's just, you know, the dynamic has changed and it's great to have those younger leaders coming through, like, you know, Ross Maloney, Luke McGrath, um, you know, it's good to have that spine in the team.
0: Yeah. Different, I'd say, hanging out with the younger lads keeps you fresh.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Living your life vicariously through them? Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Their, their lives are a lot more exciting than mine, so <laughs> just kind of picking up on the stories
0: and that. Yeah, well, before we ask you to spill any beans, we should move on. Uh, Racing against Munster, we've got this game live on uh, Sunday as well. Munster are going to be really disappointed with their performance against Leinster last week. Are there critical things that they can fix for a massive away game against like a brilliant Racing side?
1: Yeah, I think Leinster did a good job on their one-out runners. I think when they lost their shape, um, they they reverted back to that. I think they have to particularly against a defensively very big, physical, powerful team like are yeah. I think they're going to have to um, show and play a little bit more, play a bit smarter rather than sending... You know, you, Everyone knows that Sander's is a great ball carrier, but you've got to make life a little bit easier for him, give him a softer shoulder rather than running into a brick wall. And so their are small little interplays, be it from nine or, or ten... Um, could just soften that up a small bit and I think they should have well hopefully they'll have, they'll have thought that through this week and look back on the video and, and seen that that one-off runner stuff is a thing of the past no team are having success with it even the, the biggest of sides even the Toulons, will get chopped down because teams now are, are incredibly proficient at, at just this chop tackle and, yeah. and, and creating the, the, the ruck you know where the where the tackle takes place. No, no longer are teams going high and and hitting and trying to wrap or, or less frequently. So I think Munster um, they they showed some signs of of um, some good stuff. I think um, Bladenthal is is having a pretty good season. I think when he's in in uh, possession of the ball, he he looks like he can do things, but. I think looking as well you, we're still talking comparing like for like an old Munster team to to current one you look at the team sheet compared to 10 years ago it's it's night and day yeah I don't think any team in Europe will be afraid of, of playing that Munster team so if they get a losing bonus point in
0: games like this they've got that, to be happy with that I think that. that's and, a result yeah and this is a season for them where they aren't realistically thinking about winning the tournament. They're thinking about making sure that they win their home games and they restore that sense of tone and being really difficult.
1: Yeah, but that. But I, I'm sure they're probably thinking, you know. Get, try and get out of the group stage. I don't think you can think let's just restore pride and try yeah. and get back to you know a, um, an acceptable level I think. It's no.
2: a a level of performance though isn't it a consistent level of performance as opposed to <coughs> grinding some wins out like that great Munster team of old we, we talked about them as being some of the the best players we've ever seen at Munster but they didn't play well every time they went out they had to go over and turn a 5 or 6 out of 10 performance into a bonus point defeat as they did in Claremont a couple of times for example I guess Erasmus is thinking if we can just get that level of performance up in every pool game well you would hope the result to take care of itself but in a way it's a free game is it not away in Paris in your opening weekend like compared to say are cast I mean, if are lose
1: tomorrow they're out yeah ma- ma- massive pressure um, I, I would say um, it is a nice game in in some respects it's a nice game if it goes alright you know if, if they come back having been you know, pumped mm, yeah, thumped by thirty points. That has a a, a, a huge psychological effect uh, on on your following week's performance. So, um, yeah, you can look at it lots of different ways. But i i I think they'll. I think they might struggle a small bit because I just don't feel that they ha They pack the power that you know the losing finalists you know are, are going to throw at them uh, this week and if they if they can get a losing bonus point i think that would be a, a really good performance and a good result
0: when you saw the racing story during the week about the three lads and their absent tues and the cortisone, what were you thinking
1: i i thought there must have been an error of some of of some sort i, I, I don't know imof but i i I've, I've met rococo and i know dan carter and it just doesn't it, it, that doesn't seem right that those guys could themselves implicated in a in a capacity like that where they are guilty it, that was my initial feeling if if that is the case and I, I hope it is if it's if it's messy paperwork well i don't know who gets the slap on the wrist there it's um but I, I i don't think anything is going to come for personally but we'll have to wait and see and what do
0: you think generally of the use of cortisone in rugby to get players to be able to play
1: it's been used for years and years and while it's while it's there, players are going to to use it. I was listening to Donnico Callahan was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he he made some really good points. But you have to remember that this is this is a living for people, and they will do whatever it takes to get out on the pitch because sometimes um, games are grouped together where you know if you play five of the six pool matches in Europe, you get a bonus, and if you're on four and you need a shot to to get you out on the pitch, you're going to take it because yeah. it could be worth. X thousand to you and that's just that's the reality of the game
0: Is it a matter like is this just something that you do as a, it's, as part of your profession you take cortisone shots you get them
1: I like I, I have had them I have had a couple in my time um, prior to getting ne- ne- neck surgery yeah. um, just to try and re- reduce the inflammation on my disc um, but I actually when all this came up I went back and had a look to make sure you know to make sure I, I knew my um, I knew my stuff and it was I suppose it's it's a relief when you realise that it then culminated in surgery and it wasn't yeah. because I had hay fever or you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, asthma. It was for real. <laughs> exactly.
0: yeah. uh, all right, look, we're out of time. Um, you expect Lancer to win this weekend. Do they need to get a bonus point or is that nonsense to be thinking like that too early?
3: I don't think they need uh, a bonus point. I think that the key is in these first European games is a victory is is the main thing. I think if we can I think if we play well enough we can get a bonus point. Um I think cast have been mixed so far. I think we're coming into a real good vein of form particularly after that Munster performance last week home in the RDS. Um you know in a way it could be lift guys around Joey for his first start in Europe. So um you know I think it'll be a win but if we get a bonus point that'll be you know that will be great,
0: Fergus. Great stuff. Best of uh, luck with the rehabilitation. Thanks very much for coming Thanks in. Thanks very to much. Tonight. Cheers, Brian. Great stuff. Thanks very much. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks' time. We're heading towards the uh, the games in Chicago. We've got these two, and then we'll have a good time. Five three one zero six is the text number if you want to get in touch with us here. You can uh, tweet us at Off the Ball. Up next, crappy quiz, some juicy best bits, and Friday night racing with Don McLean. Moving Ireland's dial. Call News Talk on eighteen ninety four five three one zero six.